Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man Gerard Bonner of Bonner Five Radio, and this is On Course with Hart Ramsey. It's your opportunity to hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God. And of course, we're talking with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pastor Hart, how are you, sir? I'm good, Gerard. How are you doing? I am doing well. So, boy, there's a lot that's been going on in our country. You know, we're getting ready for uh, election 2020, which uh, is closer than we realize. Like, it's just a year and a half or a year and change doesn't really, it seems like a long time, but it's not. It's really, really not. Uh, And one of the things that has happened, we've seen now two presidential debates uh, among 20 Democratic candidates uh 20. NBC, yeah 20 <laughs> right that, that's I, I didn't you know people were talking about oh it's bad it's like so many and i was thinking oh no we've had a lot but until you saw them have to spread this out over two nights <laughs> that's when you go oh yeah that's, that's a, a lot. lot it's a lot it's a lot so let's kind of talk about this we love to talk about politics and getting into election season uh did you have a chance to watch those uh, debates, and if you did, kind of what stood out to you? Did anybody stand out amongst this field of 20 over two nights? What I've been doing is actually watching the, it's easier for me to watch the highlights. Sure. To kind of sit sure. back, you know, kind of let the debates play out and um, kind of watch the, afterwards what I do is I watch the the, um, the takeaways, the clips, the commentary. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I get a lot from the commentary, especially from the people who are politically savvy. Yes. Um, and there are a couple things that jumped out. Now, there's a one, there's one guy, I can't remember, can't pronounce his name, begins with a B. Um, uh, uh, Mayor Buttigieg? Right. The people, Pete, Pete Buttigieg. The, uh, people have, well, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, Buttigieg. I had to practice that too. You know what? Yeah. You're going to run for politics. I'm going to need you to have, if you're going to run for the presidency, I need you to have an easier name to pronounce. <laughs> right. Buttigieg. But anyway, but it, it may be memorable. Um, but but um, many people that I respect, uh, one of my lawyers um, and a couple of commentators, really really um, liked him. Um, of course, there's Kamala Harris, and um, mm-hmm. and um, th- then there was the the apparently apparent full part of um, uh, Biden, um, and and the the people who you expected to kind of rise to the top are rising to the top. There's so many, there's so many people who are running out of frustration and not out of uh, purpose. Yeah, and and I, I'm I'm one who believes that if you're gonna do something, you have to be called to it and sent to do it. You can't just do it because, uh, hey, uh, no one else is doing a good job, so I'm gonna try my hand at it. I don't believe in that kind of calling. Right. Um, there were there were some um things that stuck out. Um, you can see from watching now again. I I did a thorough review of the um the clips uh, that stood out, what people thought were important. Yeah. Um, the questions that were answered that seemed to raise eyebrows, and um, from that, Gerard, I could tell basically who is um running because they have a passion for it, and who is who is going to be just another another politician, um, trying to notch their belt. Right. 
you know I could see that uh, just from the start from the gate and so um the the, the thing that that frustrates me even this early in the um in these campaigns is is how much the, the Democrats don't seem to have a plan mm. I mean it still seems like they have no plan it's like the whole thing is about what they disagree with um with the sitting uh, administration how bad or how poorly the sitting administration is doing and that goes without saying I mean any administration that lies and, and finagles and, and and does all these things that this administration is doing I mean it, it's obvious to the people that want to see but as the Democrats have to come with something they, can, they it can't just be uh, we're inclusive and we're the, and we're not them or you know it has to be what is your plan I mean it's, what's the substance that you're bringing and, and I still right. uh, at this point haven't heard it yet okay Okay. Okay. Yeah. It it certainly has been interesting. It it almost feels like uh, March Madness <laughs> with, with the sixty four teams. And I felt like after watching those two <laughs> nights, okay, I kind of know who the Sweet Sixteen is going to be. Oh yeah. You know, that's that's kind of how I felt in terms of the people who who stood out. Uh, let me ask an interesting question because you mentioned Joe Biden, mm-hmm. and I know that um, prior to everything going down i think everybody felt like if joe biden gets in the race boom this is gonna be the guy right but it feels like uh joe biden uh since his entry in has seemingly had uh faux pas missteps uh moments that he'd probably wish he could do over um do you think after all of that and after what we have seen so far in this uh, leg of the race that Joe Biden really would be the best man to represent uh, the Democratic Party? No. And I'm going to tell you something that and this speaks to a greater problem. Mm-hmm. People presuppose that because a person was an amazing number two, they're going to be an amazing number one. Wow. And and the, yeah. the truth of the matter is because you're a good advisor does not mean that you're a good executive. Right. Um um what we saw was Joe Biden as Robin to Obama. Ooh. Obama yeah. o- Obama's personality, his swag, his 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 uh, decisiveness, the, the, just his heart um, fit Biden because Biden was able to be behind the scenes the advisor, to be vocal um, Obama probably saw the flaws in Biden and was mm-hmm. able to cover Biden in public. Yes. And so whenever Joe had to speak on behalf of Obama, it was it, he didn't have to come up with stuff because the man Obama was so um, uh, charismatic and so genuine that that man he didn't have to think about what to say, what to do. But right. now, it, uh, as he, as Biden runs as a number one, all of his personality is going to be in front street, and someone has to be a Robin to his Batman. Yes, and, and I'm gonna tell you something, man. I, I watched. I was a big fan of Batman and Robin back in the day, mm-hmm. and, I, and at times I used to think that Batman wasn't giving Robin a fair shake. But there were, but, but there, there's something. You know, Robin always had the zeal. He always had the the push. He always wanted to fight. He was. He wasn't smart. He was. He was kind of. He was young. Right. You know, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he he wasn't the one with the answers. He was the one that could pull off or help pull off the answers. And right. I think I think if I was Biden, what I would do, honestly, I would ask Obama to coach me. Wow, that'd I, be smart. I think because the team that won, the team that made sense, the team that was effective was Obama-Biden. So why don't right. you call Obama up and say, listen, man, what am I doing wrong? Um, um, 
Because one of the things I see uh, Biden doing, just from the brief clips I've seen of him, is that he's mm-hmm. answering too quickly. He He's not, to me, he's not waiting, thinking. Like, he, when he was a vice president, uh, he was very introspective before he became articulate. He didn't try to answer right. before he thought. And, and right. in, these, in these debates, I see him trying to be quick at the draw. That's not who mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. He was never the guy to give a quick response. And, and I think what he's doing, he's comparing himself with the other people who are brilliant. They're brilliant. They're quick. And and he he's keep he keeps saying well he keeps referring to the Obama years mm-hmm. like like he's trying to leverage the Obama years but what right. I think he needs to do is is be that guy who would who would wait for a second and give that old Daddy Joe kind of response and he was always good with like little stories and little quips and quotes yeah. and little, he's not doing that and 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 I'll be honest with you I don't care how good you are if you don't play to your strength you're gonna lose. That's true. You're gonna wow. lose. Yeah, I, I've been. I, I saw that with him. That's a good question you asked because um, I was for Joe Biden before he got in the race. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I I remember when he dropped the video that said he was going in. I was like, wow, the game has changed. This is gonna be so good. And then I saw a series of things happen. You know, going back to when they started talking about how he treated Anita Hill. Right. Um, back in the early 90s with the Clarence Thomas hearing. And then they brought up a number of different other things. And this latest scenario where he went and um, tried to show that he could work across the aisle by talking about his work with uh, two segregationist senators, right. which did not go over well. And the thing that I saw was, why is it? that you're afraid to apologize. Mm. You know, he would never say, I'm sorry for doing this. Right. I should not have done that. Right. You know, he never, we never got the updated version. It was always this, well, look at my record on this and look at my record on that. And of course I wouldn't do this. And of course this isn't what I'm saying. And and so it it made me think relative to Biden, Biden may represent more of what we didn't want in the first place. Um, And what becomes scary now is you have a Joe Biden who is literally trying to run off the back of what happened during the uh, the administration of President Obama, which on one hand you'd be able to do if what you're doing currently reflects that, but it doesn't. Yeah. So I, that create. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I, now I want to speak to this because I agree with you. Um, I don't know why these guys and and, and people for that matter. Um, growth is a real thing. Yes. And and, and immaturity. I always, I always say this. Um, the only cure for immaturity is growth, and growth takes time. Yes. So so if I'm not wiser now than I was back then, then I haven't grown. I just right. wasted twenty years. Right. It was. It, he should have said yes. I made a mistake. He should have because the, because if all they have on you is to go back decades, don't make the mistake that some of these people are doing and, and trying to either double down on your on your mistake or deny it. I mean, because because it's, we live in a time where stuff is easy to find out. So just right. own it. You own it and say, man, you know what? Let me tell you, what will make me a good leader is because I love. As a matter of fact, what made me a good vice president. To the president, the kind of president that Obama was, is because I learned from that stuff right then. And no, I didn't handle it right. But right. what I did moving forward was I tried to make as many amends to that. I, I tried to go back and fix as many things as possible because I realized I didn't get that all the way right. 
Right. Um. Right. Um. I don't know that. Um. I don't know that we have a. <laughs> I'm gonna say this, and then we, we, you go on. But I don't think we have a clear front runner yet. I think. Um. What's gonna matter are the teams that emerge from this. The. Mm. What do you think yeah. about that? No, I, I I agree. I think he, the challenge here is since many thought uh, Biden was the clear front runner, after the debate, it's clear that he may not be as clear of a front runner as many thought. So I think that there are others who are starting to push forward. I think Elizabeth Warren had a really strong showing. Yes. Um, I think Kamala Harris had an amazing showing. Yep. Um, which I think they both needed. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, did a fairly solid job. And I think he's had his own set of challenges based on what's happening in his city of uh, South Bend, Indiana. Shout out to YPJ. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whenever I think South, Be- South, uh, South Bend, I think YPJ. Yeah. But, you know, the challenge that Mayor Buttigieg has had with you know uh, a Caucasian cop shooting an unarmed black man uh, and turning off his 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 uh, his body camera so that there's no evidence as to what happened, it's created a firestorm there. He's going to have to deal with that type of thing on a national level. But I think he's well spoken, and my takeaway is that he is what I thought Beto O'Rourke would have been. Right, right. Beto O'Rourke did not. Sure will impress me at all. Yeah. Uh, during during this debate, and then there's like a slew of people that are up there that are up there just because you know the the country allows you to run if you have the money to run. Right. Um. But they're not gonna really be serious contenders. But to your point, you 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 said that you think the teams are gonna be important. Just looking at the field we have now, what team or teams do you think would be a viable ticket uh, for election 20? This is, this is about to blow your mind. So in, okay. in Second Samuel chapter 20, when you read verses 16 through 22, um, um, I think Joab is intent on destroying the city of, 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 of Abel or Abel because um, of a fugitive that's hiding out in there. And the yeah. Bible says in verse 16, but a wise woman in the town call out to Joab and she said listen to me come over here and I will talk to you and, and, mm-hmm. and the scripture going to say as, as he approached the woman asks are you Joab he says I am and she, and she said listen carefully to your servant and she lays out a plan to turn over the fugitive and save the city um women I think that that, that we don't give women enough credit for being diplomatic Right. They, they have they have a way with diplomacy and even and in the scripture also there's there's a situation where uh, um um this 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 uh, king was running. He was he was actually uh, wreaking havoc in Israel, and he ran into a woman who actually uh, ran, ran, um, cracked his skull. Women wow. they, they're good they're good for diplomacy. They're good for warfare. I really believe the Harris Warren ticket is a strong, almost unbeatable ticket. Mm-hmm. And and and, I'm, mm-hmm. and and you know, and as a guy saying that, some misogynistic person, even a person who just leans against women, will say, "Well, I don't think that two women. Why not? We've always had two right. men, and they didn't do so hot." Right. That's uh, right. I really, and here's what I think. Um, you know, I and I, the reason I say it is because to me, uh, politics first is about diplomacy. Yes. Okay. It's about it's yes. about securing, um, the best interest for the country it's about influence in administration 
You got yes. it. It's it's about it's about favor. It's about it's about a lot of things that that deal with. Uh, it's about governing wisely. And I think mm-hmm. what what is going on with 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 what we're looking at now, we're looking for the. Um, we've always Americans have always looked for the person who looks the part, and even in some cases, the person who, uh, it, it, like in the last president. A lot of Americans voted for Donald Trump because they think he's a billionaire, and he's really not. I'm, I, I'm right. willing. History is going to prove me right. He was not. He's not a billionaire. He never was. Mm-hmm. He, wow. he never was. He finagled his way onto the Forbes list. Now, uh, with that being said, I really think Warren and Harris, because to me, they're different enough. Yeah. But but they, they have the same frame of mind. Um um, and and to me, they have this. Is the key thing, they have answers. Yes. They have yes. answers. Now, 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 I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the only scary thing to me, and I'm going to say this, I'm going on record saying this, because I really believe that, that uh, you know, people say, well, Pastor, I don't see how you could be Christian and liberal. I am not liberal. I'm moderate. Mm-hmm. I am a, a moderate. And, and the pastor in me will give a lot of grace to people who call me liberal, but the thug in me will want to choke you off or call me liberal because I'm not. <laughs> Stop calling me liberal, okay? Now, here's the thing. The, the thing that scares me the most is is the things that the Democratic Party will seek to normalize that are not normal. I mean, they, they're being accepted, but they're not normal. They just, I'm going to say normal, I'm not talking from, from, a, from, a, from a, a bias standpoint. I'm talking from a spiritual standpoint. If the Bible is going to be my book of reality, my book of truth, my book of, of morality, my book of standard, I'm not going to be condemning and judgmental and Pharisaic. But at the same time, I, I, my tolerance can only go but so far. I, I can't tell you a person how to live, but right. you can. But I'm not gonna let you force some things down my throat. Right. Okay. Right. And, I, right. and I think the scariest thing for me is it, out, of, out of all the candidates, what I have not heard, what I have not heard yet, is is a person in the Democratic Party who is moderate. Hmm. That's that's what scares me the most, Gerard. It's just I've not heard a person, you know, who is moderate, who who ha- who understands the balance of, and this is where I think they're gonna they may lose the election in 2020. And God forbid that we have to do another four years of this lying, misogynistic, racist. Mm-hmm. I, I could go down. I mean, I'm tired of bad language and made up words and lies. I'm tired of it. But yeah. but if they don't get it together, we may be facing that because here's the reality. Is no one has spoken to the misgivings or the concerns of the people who were just right of center, who were saying, you know what, um, um, I, I don't like what the, the GOP stands for, I don't like what the Republicans stand for, but but the people on the Democratic side are so far left, I can't even relate to them. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. 
It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. I mean, that's why I am as a pastor, as a pastor who have to deal... Listen, I'm going to say, listen, this is an amazing thing, you know, like, um, you know, this is, um, June was Pride Month. Uh-huh. Okay, Pride mm-hmm. Month. You know, the Bible, mm-hmm. the Bible has a lot of things to say about pride. Mm. I mean, let's talk, I mean, pride has different definitions. But, yeah. but, but man, I, I'm going to tell you something, man. God forbid that we get to the place where we are proud. We start having parades for our sin. Okay, so see, this is, this is, I promise you guys who are listening, we do not talk about what we're going to talk about no, we intentionally don't. because moments like this happen. So one of the things that I had on my list to talk about, and you just segued to it, was Pride Month. So Pride Month was in uh, June. Right. And uh, it is celebrating uh, LGBT, uh, lesbians, gays, bisexual, and transsexuals. Um, and queers. And, and queers, yes. yes. And so it, it this, this year in particular was unique because it marked uh, the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riot in Lower Manhattan, yeah. which ultimately is what launched uh, what we now know as the LGBTQI movement. Yes. Um, and so what was interesting to me about this was um, in, the, in the month of June, we saw uh, a number of people uh, come out and acknowledge that they were uh, gay. We've seen uh, a number of celebrations and things of this nature. And I want to ask, this is, this is going to, this is just it. I'm just going to ask it. What are your thoughts on Christians celebrating Pride Month? Well, you know, it, it speaks to this. And, and I, I, first of all, we can't blame the believer for ignorance because the ignorance begins in the pulpit. If we're not preaching the truth, then there's no way for them to know the truth. But let me tell you this. First, I want to say this, man. I believe the grace of God is inclusive. Jesus died for the entire world. No one sin is worse than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the, the consequences are different. Okay. And, and I saw a powerful quote, and I, it's not mine, but I just got to repeat this. Um, sin has many consequences, but one of those consequences is not losing the love of God. God you'll never lose the love of God. He loves us. But we yeah. have to tell the truth, man. I mean, there are a lot of overlooked facts. And, and when Christians celebrate Pride Month, first of all, I think what they're trying to do is celebrate the people. They're trying to celebrate individuals saying, man, we love you. Mm-hmm. But man, do you understand when you when you have a parade to celebrate the fact that you are trapped in an identity crisis because mm-hmm. it's the, in your mind it's the next best thing to feeling condemned about it there's a whole lot of real estate between celebrating my sin and being condemned for it 
And I think what we're, what the church is doing wrong is is that we're not giving answers. It's, we're so polarized. We're either we're either beating people up because of their sins, or we're jumping in there and telling them this, there's nothing wrong with their sin, and both are wrong. Wow, they're wrong. And I'm gonna tell you, you know, you know, and I'll be honest with you. And and um uh um, uh, I can speak to a lot of things up, up, up when it comes to that. Um, you know, I just I just really feel that when we're getting it wrong. And and I don't I didn't say anything. I never I'll never post about it. I'll never because I don't want it to be misunderstood. I say only I address it on the podcast for this reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and it could be and I want the people who are listening before you cut me off and before you judge me, listen to me all the way through. Okay. If God created a woman to be a woman, right? Mm-hmm. And in her womanhood there are challenges. Just from being a woman, I'm from a physically and emotionally and mentally, just like being a man has his physical, emotional, and mental challenges. What do you think happens when you decide, you know what, I feel like a woman inside, so I'm going to change my body to fit it? Can you imagine the hormonal, um, um, emotional, and physical confusion your body's going through? Mm. People don't talk about the fact that, that, um, that 75% of the people who, who are quote-unquote trans are depressed. Wow. And, they, and they're blaming it on, on the, the lack of acceptance from the general population. It's more than that. It's the fact that you're trying to, you know, the Bible says um, uh, concerning marriage, what, what God has joined together, let not my man put asunder. Let me take a right. step further on that. What God has created, hmm. let not man try to alter. Because although I may struggle with something, people say, well, you know, but, but um, well, uh, I, I have these feelings. I mean, listen, you're not the only person. Do you know yeah. married people, um, we're not blind? Right. Because my, now I'm married to a beautiful person. She's beautiful inside and out. She fine. She's fine in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it doesn't mean yeah. I don't see other women. Sure. And so it means that if, if I have to deny myself and say, man, no, this is my wife. I love my wife. I'm going to be faithful to my wife. Then to me, if a person... Uh, that's that's what all God is asking us to do. The, um, homosexuality is is listed as a work of the flesh in the book of Galatians. It's a work of the flesh. In other words, it's it's a part of my human nature that 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 God says um, I have to be delivered from that. It's not natural. Um, and and when we start talking like this, when people say you're hating, I'm not hating. Listen, I promise you. My thing is, I believe the word of God. And and as, mm-hmm. and to speak to to answer your question, Gerard, we have to settle what we believe. Mm. The church becomes powerless when number one, we don't believe that the, that the love of God, the finished work of Jesus Christ, is the answer for the world. But we mm-hmm. also become powerless when we join in with the world and we empower the thing that's killing them. Uh, uh, I had a friend, I have a friend in ministry that, that that makes this statement all the time. He said, "Let's not help the devil kill so and so." That's that's wow. what he would say when, when when we would ask someone to do something that will that will uh, bring them outside of themselves. He would say, "Let's not help the devil kill them." Wow, and I think sometimes in, in our effort to be loving and to and to show acceptance, we're helping the devil kill people. Wow, we're do, we, and and you know I go back to Pride Month, and I think what I think the the one side of Pride Month is they're saying um, we accept ourselves. I get that, mm-hmm. and and I'm gonna tell you something. Do you know the Lord does not want anyone in the church to deny their struggle? He doesn't want it to. He don't want you to say I don't have this struggle. Man, the church should be filled with people who who, who have same-sex challenges, and filled with people um um 
who battle lust and fill with people who battle uh, uh, um, drug addiction and fill with people who battle greed. That's who, that's what it is. It's, it's us coming and being transformed. Um, repentance is the is the biblical word for the adjusting of the belief system. Mm. It's the biblical term. And so repentance doesn't happen overnight. Matter of fact, in Mark, in, in Matthew 3, the Bible actually says that we come to a place where we bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. Repentance has to happen first, and then we start bringing forth uh, uh, um, these uh, the product of the repentance. We start living better, making better decisions. But until then, we're going to struggle. I mean, if, if you don't want people in your church who's struggling, then you don't want a church. Yeah. What you, what you, no, what you, what you want is a place where everyone is sitting and they're lying. But but, wow. then, but then for us to flip it and say, um, uh, um, well, well, we're gonna sell, we're gonna celebrate Pride Month. And you're telling God, I'm proud of my, I'm proud of, of of the thing that's wrong with me. And I'm not, and you say, well, you say it's wrong to be gay. Man, it's wrong to it's wrong. Sin is wrong. The reason mm -hmm. it's called sin is because it's destructive. It's it's trying to kill us. Mm -hmm. It's trying. Sin tries to kill us. I'm not saying them. It's us. We all. And, and and I'll be honest with you to point the finger at a gay person and say, um, you're, you're uh, look at you, you, you're an abomination. Lying lips are an abomination. The Bible says, slander, backbiting is an abomination. Dividing brother uh, or sowing discord among brethren is an abomination. Psalm fifty actually says, um, backbiting is an abomination. So the, my thing is, is that the the Bible abomination means it, it, extremely offensive to God. And when you think about it, it's just it's just nasty. That's not what's offensive to God. What's offensive to God is that I made you to be one way. Satan came in and and, and literally touched your situation, and now you're struggling with what I created. And instead of letting me help you through it, you sided with Satan against me. That's what God is saying. That the, 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 the extreme offense is not um, how we choose to express ourselves sexually. That's a byproduct of it. The extreme offense is, is that you won't, you won't take God's lead and, and, and recognize that God made you a certain way. And you may feel a, you have a real feeling that's wrong. You feel, the feeling you have is real, but it's wrong. And you won't, you won't allow the Lord to bring you into relationship with him and let him be God to you. All, we all have to be born again. We all have to be delivered from something. And none of us are better than the other. None of us is better. That's proper grammar. Yeah. None of us is better than the other. <laughs> but the thing is, and I know I'm preaching, I'm soapboxing, and, and I'm, I'm not being critical. But what I'm saying is, is that for, for me to celebrate, I can't do it, man. You know, I, I can't, I, I can't celebrate it. I, I understand what they're doing, but I can't celebrate it because, and I'm not going to pump my finger at anybody. All I'm saying is, man, it's like God wants to free you. Mm. God wants to freak us. Yeah. Because, because sin takes its toll mentally, emotionally, physically. It will take its toll financially. The wages of sin is always death. Something is going to die. There you go. This is... This topic uh, is so intriguing on so many levels for so many reasons, and it's incendiary um, too. People, people get mad at this. Well, sure, yeah. sure, for a few reasons. One of the things that I have seen um, from folks who are on my timeline and things of that nature uh, in the month of June, I saw some people, you know, make public decisions to come out. Some people who are Christians and people who have said, you know, they dealt with the whole, the shame of it. They dealt with um, trying to live a lie and, and, and be something that they're not. And, you know, it's, it's intriguing because in some of these cases, your heart breaks for people. Right. 
for what they've had to deal with. Right. Um, and and you mentioned also that you know. God does not want us to hide our struggles. So right. here, how, how, I got a lot of questions. I get one. it. I, yeah, I get it. I see where you're going with this. I see it. Yeah. One of them is this. How do you, there, there are people, there are people who believe that it is not a sin to be gay. Right. And and what I want to do, I want to, for, for the sake of the discussion, I want to separate gay from trans because i do think they're two different they are. things right you know they're, they're two different things um so for the person who has a same-sex attraction at, who, who is a christian yeah who believes that god made them this way right how how do how does one reconcile that how how do you deal with it because from where i sit um, you know, I grew up in in a rather legalistic space yeah. that you know was just quick. If it's gay, it's wrong, right? You know, but it's funny how all of those things become they are concepts until there are real people attached to them, right? Right. Then suddenly it's it's it, you know we 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 have different perspectives. So how do you deal with how do you reconcile this whole idea of yes, I should not hide my struggle um and if the struggle is a same-sex attraction and a person believes that this is how god made them and they are a christian how do we reconcile all that the dilemma that the christian has is it comes down to this what do you believe about the bible that's what it came down to for me okay because here i had people i was pastoring people man um some of the greatest testimonies that came out of my um now 30 something 35 years of ministry is um apart from the fact that that at 27 years old the church i was pastoring um believed god and we raised a dead woman back to life apart from that profound miraculous display the the the, uh, the other profound miracles we've seen is people with same-sex attraction delivered mm. matter of fact um we've seen more people with same-sex attraction delivered than, than men who are more who are whoremongers chasing women delivered go figure wow. that out yeah wow so, so now i'm gonna show you this so the romans chapter one is is, is to me it's not the main scripture it, it has more explanation of of, the, of of what causes a culture of same-sex same-sex attraction but it's from genesis to revelation i mean the, the bible's consistent on what sin is I, i'm gonna tell you man if it were up to me I would say, man, I'm not, I don't roll like that. I've, I've never had that problem. I don't find men remotely attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I can say a lot about that. But so, but so that's not what I'm addressing here. What I am addressing, though, is um, what the Bible says about it. I'm going to read something to you. This is Romans chapter 1, verse 18. I'm going to read it quite a bit, so give me a second from New Living Translation. It says, sure. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he was because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, 
and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Verse 21 says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Verse 22, Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Verse 26, this is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead of indul- and instead rather indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. As a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. So, now, okay, I'm going to stop there. Okay? Now, um, this is Paul writing a letter to the church in Rome who at the time had a, 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 at least a 50% homosexual government. Wow. And, and let me tell you about that culture back then. In that culture, uh, men of a certain status were, were allowed to or even celebrated for having not just female sexual partners, but, but um, male sexual partners that were below their status. What gave you status in Rome at this time was, was the power you had uh, governmentally, politically, whatever, uh, financially, but also the fact that you had servants, and of the servants, some of them were sexual servants, male and female. Now, it, it, it was frowned upon for you to be having sex with someone that was your equal. You got it? So, but, but for you to be having sex with male and female, Nietzsche was accepted in Rome. Neither Jesus spoke to homosexuality, nor Paul, for that matter, didn't go into detail. This is the most Paul ever said about it. But what he said about it was he showed the climate that creates this kind of desire. He said, when you don't give God his props for being God, when you treat the word of God as if it's the word of men, when you treat the ever-living eternal God like he's just another influence, like he's just a... He said, then what happened, God will abandon you to, to uh, come up with your own ideas. And he said, what takes over, listen to this, Gerard, is lust. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever experienced lust. But lust is a thing... Well, that's a dumb thing to say. We all have. But, we but, all have, but, yeah. but lust makes you irrational. It, when, when you're burning with lust in the moment, you want what you want. But yeah. a, there's something else I found out about lust. When lust wears off, it doesn't want what it had. It wants something else. Right. And, wow. and, and lust makes you predatory. Lust makes you go after things that are not even reasonable. You would trade great things for meaningless things. When you're driven with lust, lust cannot make commitments. It's not covenantal. Covenantal um, lust cannot. Lust can spend the night, but it can't spend its life. Wow. Lust. Listen. Lust is intrigued, but 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 lust is uh, is never um invested. And so what I see, and matter of fact, even when I look, there's some shows I love um, at Netflix on television, and they have a, they always have like a gay scenario going, a, a, sure. a gay plot, and, and it's always, and I don't know if it's just the way they sell it or the way they write it in, but it's always driven by this desire for physical pleasure. Mm. And, and it's not just um, homosexual, it's a heterosexual thing also, anything that's driven by lust. So, so the sin is not, according to scripture, the sin is not really the... the um, the homosexuality or, 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 or what the sin really is, is not giving God or his glory, 
not not acknowledging God, not acknowledging his word to be the truth. And then the, the outcome of that is we change the truth of God into a lie. And when the truth of God is changed into a lie and we start making up our, our philosophies to, to replace the, the theology of the word of God, then what begins to happen is we begin to go after anything we want, whether it's, it's same sex, whether it's whether whether we are um, we're, we're putting children in cages. You got it? Because we're we yeah. afraid that, that um, their families coming to, to our nation will steal our wealth. And then, then, then we turn around and then we'll say homosexuality is worse than my greed or worse than my adultery. or what, You see what I'm saying? So it's all yeah. one thing. Wow. It's the, that's, and that's how I feel about it. And, and I know I, I, I took the scenic route and I went all around the country to get to this answer. But what I'm saying is, is that I believe that the, the worst thing we could do, first of all, I don't think we should be so quick to speak on it. Yeah, I am not. I am not in favor of, of the pastor getting up there and bashing people in the pulpit. If you don't understand right. this topic, don't talk about it. Right, right. If you're not showing mercy and grace, don't show anything. Yeah. If if you if you don't understand if, if you don't take into consideration that there are people who really are consumed in this and it's their reality, then don't even address them. Pray, just pray. Be, be an intercessor. Right. Because I understand this to to me, uh, I, and, and in my mind, it may be a little bit arrogant to say this, but I think I understand this topic topic a little bit better than than, than most heterosexual pastors. Mm-hmm. And and when I say it, I, I'm looking at it strictly from the scriptures, and the, what it brings out of me is this compassion. I have such compassion for people who have this, who who, who deal with this, because to them it's real. Yeah. It it is so real to them. It's their life. And so, and I, and you can't just yank a person out and say, "Um, a cloud of this in Jesus." No, they have to. They have to be weaned. I don't not, not weaned. They have to be, um, um, enlightened by the Word of God, not by my bias, not by what I think, not by how I feel, how I feel, what I think, or what I have. To, it has nothing to do with it. I am not homosexual. I, I've never felt what they felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to me, that and, and what, let me say this because uh, I. I I think I'm, I've exceeded my words on this. I think the church cannot be hypocritical. We cannot use the giftings of the homosexual community uh, yeah. and then turn around and damn them to hell. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. Yeah. Is this ministry involved in this? And the ministry, notice that when Jesus was walk, he walked the earth, I've said this before, it was one of the most homosexual times in history. He never addressed it. He made an interesting statement. He said, war unto Chorazin, and, and he called out uh, different cities, and he said, if the, the miracles that were performed in you had been performed, listen to this, what he said, if they had been performed in Sodom and Gomorrah, he says Sodom and Gomorrah would have repented if they see me work miracles. Wow. And he actually said it's going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than it would be for, for Chorazin and, and Tyre and these different cities. The Lord Jesus Christ said that. So, that, so, 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 so thinking about homosexuality as being irredeemable to me is closed-minded. It is, it is, it is uh, a, a terrible bias, and, and, and it's uh, selling short the finished work of Jesus Christ. And I'm done. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. We got something to say. Listen! Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single, It Is So, from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir.
Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. You, you, it's interesting. You, you really unlocked something. Uh, and it's funny because I've, I've read that scripture before, you know, talking about turning the truth of God into a lie. But understanding it contextually really does put, I think, a different, not just spin, but a different focus. And, and perhaps the issue when we're dealing with this is we're trying to deal with the symptom instead of the root. Yes. You know? Yes. The idea, and I don't know that people have ever really thought about the idea that homosexuality, um, any sort of uh, sexual misconduct, um, anything like that, isn't the real issue. No. The real issue is turning the truth of God into, into a, a lie. lie. Yes. And, and, and Gerard, understand what the Bible says. Because think about it. People say, I was born like this. And it could be true. It mm-hmm. could be that because society before them turn the truth of God into a lie because if they remember I said this before there are, there are things called birth defects yes and all a birth defect means that you just you're not, you weren't born the way that, that what we call you weren't born into normalcy mm-hmm. okay so p- there are people who can be born who from the, the, their womb were drawn to certain I mean from, not from the womb but from their from their childhood or their infancy were attracted to dip, to things of the opposite sex and and it, I, we, there's so much conversation to be had with this and 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 anyone that's listening to this podcast and and, and if you're gay or, or you struggle with same-sex identity listen this is not an indictment what I'm saying is that I believe in the God who said that we must be born again and all of us came with something yeah all of us came with something man and all of us were born with some type of defect and he can change all of us but what I'm not gonna do is if, if the if I'm a Christian then the, the Bible becomes my constitution if I don't believe the Bible, then I can't be a Christian. Right. I don't want to. Man, who wants a who wants a, a a holy book that you could alter to fit what you want to do? I don't want yeah. that. I want I want the God. If God, and listen, God is loving. There's nothing I I can do, nothing you can do that will ever stop Him from loving me and meaning me good, all the days of my life. Right. But if He says that, that that that, for example, if He made me to be male, and my purpose is male. Then I can't fulfill my purpose pretending to be female or even going after you. See what I'm saying I'm not, we're not talking about trans right now. We're talking about we're talking about um um. You say well you uh, you can't help who you love. Mm-hmm. Be, I don't think I think we're selling ourselves short if we think love and lust are the, is the same thing. Because lust mm-hmm. is real. Yeah, there's lust. Lust and I, you know what one thing I respect about this generation. Um, used to be back in the day we we used to say I, I, we used to tell people I love you. Really, what we're saying is in in our language, because English only have one word for love, not like the Greeks who have more than four, and the Hebrews right. who, have, who have more than I guess two or three. We have one word for love, and so we tell people I love you. When we're saying is, uh, what we, the Greek will say, my love is eros. I I love your body, right? I love you physically, right? You know, and this generation right now, man, they would say, man, listen, I ain't trying to get with you. I ain't want a relationship. I want your body. Right. They they're right. gonna be real like that. But in yeah. our generation, we won't like that. We will lie. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, and so when it's for a guy to say, "Hey, I, I don't want, I don't, I ain't, I don't want no hugs," you know, <laughs> and like 50, 50 says, "I'm not into, you know, I'm not, I'm not into uh, making love. I'm into sex. I'm not into making love." And he's saying, mm-hmm. "What I have is lust. I have a lust for you." And then, then there's some some women who, or some people who are turned on by the fact that someone is lusting after them, but yeah. to expect more, because lust cannot stay. It doesn't last. Lust is only good for the moment. It's not renewable. It's, it's, it does. It, you got it. It doesn't care. It has no concerns after it's used up what it wants or what it's after. It's done. That's yeah. lust. You st- it, it, it's like a grave. You could keep burying stuff in the ground. The ground will keep eating it, and 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 uh, this it'll disintegrate and it wants more. It's like right. fire. You throw something into fire, find it will burn up and say, give me more. Fire is so funny. If you don't feed the fire, the fire will die. Lust is just like that. If you don't feed lust, it will die. Wow. But if you keep feeding lust, it will get bigger and bigger like a, like a bonfire. Yeah. It wants more. Yeah. yeah. Or it will die. This is so insightful. And I, 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 my brain is like going a bunch of different directions because it's, it's one of those things that I think. Um, okay, so, all right. Firstly, I think one of the reasons why in 2019 and going forward, this conversation has become such a hot button is because the uh, the movement of the LGBT community has managed to, uh, number one, galvanize, and secondly, they have put, there are a lot of finances connected to this cause. Yes. Because there are a lot of finances connected to this cause, which I don't fault that movement. In fact, I think, and this could be controversial to some, I think the LGBT community figured out how to do something that the African-American community and the civil rights movement did not. Right. They figured out how to monetize their cause, and that gave them power within the government. Yes. And it gave them power to be able to impact entertainment impact government laws etc 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 while the african-american community and the civil rights movement has remained stagnant and has in fact lost ground for you know their inability to galvanize the community and to be able to pool their financial resources to become a viable force right so with that said, and, and, and this all goes together, because they are a viable force financially, it brings about a challenge for believers and churches to say anything one way or the other about it because you don't want to mess up the financial bottom line. But the other side to it is that particular community has been the whipping boy of the church. Yes, Yes. The church has mistreated this community in such a bad way. Yes. So you've got all of these things working together, which now allows that particular community to have an even stronger voice. And to go to something that you said earlier, you know, the church knowingly used and uses the gifts, the talents, the, pro- the productivity, the creativity of this group to further its cause yeah. while, you know, 
bashing them, which ultimately is abusive. Right. You know, Gerard, in, in the gay community, one thing you have to admire is mm-hmm. that um, the, the, the civil rights movement stalled in my mind because the leaders became selfish. It became about them. They became famous. They became, you see what I'm saying? But the gay yes. community, they always looked out for each other. That's right. And they leveraged their gifts as one voice. That's right. They leverage their, their power, their money as one voice. Now, to speak to the thing about the church, the problem that I have with how the, the way the church has treated the gay community is the church, number one, lied about um, their prominent homosexuals. They're prominent people in the, in the sure. church that everyone knew was gay. And, and they, sure. they lied about it because they of their super talent or the super influence or whatever. And mm-hmm. and then the, the next thing, too, is is that the church never learned how to how to preach the, the, the because the church is such a has become such a legalistic entity that yes. that that the church was afraid that if we gave if, if like it was ours to give if we right. preach grace and mercy and acceptance to the gay community the church became afraid that mm-hmm. the gay community would not be transformed by the love of God wow okay now I'm going to say this, and, and, and then I'm going to speak to the other side, too. Then there's a contingency of the gay community who wants to infiltrate the church and turn the church into a cesspool of sin. Mm. I'm, I'm saying it's true. They're like, okay, I'm going to serve the Lord, but I'm not going to change. And this, mm. is, this is my girlfriend, and this is our friends, and, we are, you know, and, and we're doing this kind of stuff. And listen, no, it doesn't work for, not for just for that sin, for any sin. Right. When you have a horde of gossipers or 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 or, or, or preachers who who are, are trading sex partners, or mm. she's game. That that's all demonic. It is yeah. demonic. And I think what the LGBTQI community, what they got frustrated with was, is that um we will speak. The, the church was preaching and condemning their sins while they not even acknowledging its own. Right. Not even right. acknowledging that, that that a lot of stuff that we were doing was is not it, not was but is wrong, uh, right. and 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 our condemnation of them as a community is is anti Christian, is unbiblical, yeah. but also watch this now, um, it's rooted in like like the evangelicals have proven, it's rooted in fear, mm-hmm. it's it's rooted in resentment, yeah. and 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 flat out hatred. Yeah, and it sound like you know, and people so people listening to the whole podcast will say it sound like they're talking in a circle. No, the, the the conversation is is not a simple one. No, it's not. And so and so, um, I'm gonna give a pass to the people who're gonna write ugly things in the comments. I get it, mm-hmm. I get it, mm-hmm. but I want to go on record as saying this, man. I understand how difficult it is, and I I am not in any way the judge. Yeah, I, what I am is a voice. And all I can share is my understanding of it, it you know. And I have, uh, uh, I remember one time I have a daughter. Uh, we were riding in the car, and, and she asked a question about it. And when I gave my penny, she actually told me to stop talking. Wow. Yeah, she to- she said, oh, "Okay, I'm tired of here." Oh, no, 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 no. My response was, "No, you don't get to tell me you're tired of here. I'll put you out on the sidewalk right here." <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, but I understood her. She have a lot of friends who who yeah. are in that community, and she loves sure. them. And she felt like she felt like just me speaking the word of God was an affront to them. So that's where the challenge comes in. Here's the challenge, Gerard. The challenge is: so can I not speak what the word of God says? And that's what that's what we have to start. Even the the people who are Christian and gay, this is where your dilemma comes in. Yeah. Are you going to believe the word of God or your experience? Mm-hmm. Are you are you? I mean, because listen, the the word of God um, supersedes my experience. As a matter of fact, my experience 
if the word of God has its, its true place in my life, Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is true. So the word is what changes me. John 8, 30 to 32, Jesus said, um, then said Jesus to those Jews which believe, if you continue in my word, then you will be my you will be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Free from what? From whatever has you bound. From whatever belief has you thinking that that um that that you you're not acceptable to God, or whatever belief has you where you are living a life that's not acceptable to God, you can be free from that. Yeah. This has been a long podcast. We <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, but it is it is a necessary conversation it is. and it's probably something we're going to end up tacking on an additional conversation to at some point just because I think I think questions are going to come from this, comments are going to come from this, but here's what I think the biggest understanding should be. Number 1, the job of all believers remains to love. Right. And the Bible reminds us that it is by loving kindness that people are drawn to Christ. That's good. Uh, and I think what people have to to figure out, well, not even figure out, you know, if you're trying to figure out what to do, the what to do is love. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, you know, we we have family members who uh, aren't the nicest people. We have family members who have done some deplorable things and we still find a way to love them. Yeah. We still find a way to consider them family, you know, and I think we have to learn how above all things to love. You know, our job isn't to be the judge and jury. It is to love. And and I think where the church ends up ends up really in question is when you then get people from other persuasions of life who have been abused and still show love. Right. And we don't. That makes us look crazy. So I think if you get anything from this, it's that you love, you know, you love everybody where they are and allow that loving kindness to draw them closer to God, to allow them to start asking questions. Right. And you and you don't have to be you, you don't have to be the know it all. Right. 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 Like, that's I think that's what gets a lot of us in trouble is figuring well you know I gotta stand for God so right. you're wrong and I can't well, eat with you and Gerard look at this and, and acting as if um whatever their whatever their their uh, struggle sin or challenge is we act like because they're in that struggle we're better when we have our own set of circumstances and struggles and sins mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that the thing is love says you know what man I need Jesus too Yes. And love says the finished work of Jesus Christ applies to you. And love says, watch this, this is the part that freaks people out. I know what you what you what you think and I know how you know may not be seen this the way God says it, but he's your God too. Yes. He, and that's the the bottom line. He is their God too. Who's the mm -hmm. God of the gay community? Jehovah God. Who's the savior yeah. of the gay community? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it yeah. comes down to, and and, I, and that's to me, that's my stand, my position. And then if, if we circle full back to the beginning of this podcast, to me, there needs to be a voice that's running for president, mm -hmm. that is the middle of the road, that understands the compassion of the Lord, the the, the needs. That uh, to me, a president's job is to represent all of the people, regardless of their struggle. Even the incarcerated right. people need a president that understands that they, that if they're gonna be in prison, you can't have them like animals. Right. If uh, right. whatever the situation is, yes, gay people need insurance too. What is wrong with yes. us? 
They, Absolutely. You know, you say, well, 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 we don't support gay marriage. You have to support gay marriage, but you, I mean, gay people need 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 family insurance. But they married, and the Lord said, man, that's not my thing. My thing, right. if you're the president, you have to make sure that all the people of the land are taken care of. That's right. Let the pastors sort out. Uh, let let the, the the Lord sort out um, what's right and what's wrong. Let the pastors preach what they believe is right or wrong. Let let the, the imams or whatever they have preach preach mm-hmm. whatever. But the the president's job, the king's job, is to take care of all the citizens of the land. Now, if you have people that's, that's breaking right. the law, now we have an issue with them. That's where the police come in. And right. and, and and the pres- president's job is to police the police. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. Yeah. <laughs> so by all means, guys, I know you've got questions. I know you've got comments and we want to hear them. We really do. So uh, use the hashtag on course or heart to heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two H-E-A-R-T. Uh, I'm sure some of you will find your way into our inboxes. But if you use those hashtags, we can actually put all the comments together and kind of decipher and work through them that way. Uh, share this podcast with a friend with a follower with uh you know let this be a point of discussion and again this is an ongoing conversation so we want to hear what you guys have to say uh be sure to rate and download this podcast share it with a friend and join us next time as we get on course with heart ramsey